millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Now, Andy, we set the listeners to work today, didn't we? Yes, it's very rare. We took some calls. We did. We took some calls. Um, and nobody had been sacked. Uh, that's when we normally take calls. But no, today was really um, trying to perfect a Sean Dyche impersonation, wasn't mm, it? Really? That's right, yeah. Um, and we found some very good ones among the uh, listeners. You'll hear that. Uh, also, we had a an online poll to find the best laugh uh, of the many great laughs we've had on this show. Oh, from, we've had so many great Well, laughs. I don't mean it from that part. I mean people who've got funny laughs and... Yeah. Uh, yeah, an interesting winner, as you'll discover. I had a bit of a moan about uh, Chelsea. had a moan about Chelsea, yeah. yeah of course. Ned Bolting came in, who yeah. uh, normally is here to talk cycling uh, from ITV, but has written an excellent book on the world of darts. So we had a bit of a darts nostalgia chat. So uh, here it all is. We hope you enjoy it. You know that statue of Billy Wright outside Molyneux? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They've just uh, erected two more. One's of John Moss. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's lovely, that one. And one's of Maratta's heart. It's a very small, very small one. Is that that one of those those things you often see on a pinhead? Is that what you're getting That's the one, yeah. That guy does those (laughs) drawings on a pinhead. Yeah. Really, honestly. Now, because you've got your theory. We're going to talk to Tony Evans shortly about all the games, but Mm. just give us your theory on... Why you feel Drogba would have scored that goal? When I mean, look, you yeah, should have had a penalty. If people haven't seen it. There was a moment last night when uh, all really Morata had to do mm. was get a foot on the ball, much like Lacazette did. Lacazette mm. knew the challenge was coming last night and still got something on it and got the goal. And got injured, but got a goal. Yeah. So um, you claim Morata should have had that kind of heart. Well, no, really. my son said to me, Diego Costa would have just basically taken the defender, the goalie, the ball. Everything would have ended up him. Everything would have ended up in the net, but he would have scored. Yeah. Whereas Morata, I think the reason John Moss didn't give it is he felt that Morata was anticipating the challenge. I think it was a penalty, but... Yeah, it was you know, a penalty. There was a, you know, and also there was a foul on William in the build-up. But, you know, if you have 17 shots at goal dominate the game but you know and your opponent has six and you lose 2-1 hmm. and then that's the problem and it, you know even last night my wife said you don't seem that upset about it but I thought well you know I'm not because how can, what's the point of being upset yeah. when you haven't got a striker if you haven't got a striker then you're not going to finish in the top four you'd be lucky to finish in the top six well you have got a striker no if you haven't got a striker that's got 20 Could goals you? if we had Kane if we had a Bamiyang, if we hmm. had Lacazette if we had any of those Top strikers. Would, would, Giroud, would Giroud scored that one last night then? Well, I think he would, but he might not have been in that position. Giroud is a good backup. He's good off the bench. He's good in certain games, but he's not going to get you 20, 25 goals a season. Yeah. And that is what Chelsea need until they get that. <clears throat> and then they've got the problem with Hazard, who, you know, 
doesn't seem that particularly. You think he's? You think he's starting uh, think to he's think of Madrid? Not. Yeah. Well, I think you know. I think he's realised quite quickly that you know that Chelsea aren't going to do anything. They're probably not going to finish in mm. in the top four. And he's had enough. He wants to play in the Champions League. He doesn't want to play mm. in the Europa League. You know, he's a top top player. I don't blame him. He's been there long enough. And you know, if he wants to go, and they can get the right money for him. I wouldn't blame him for, for wanting to go. I yeah. like the fact Sari has to have that kind of old, like he's found a, mm. a sort of dog end in the street, <laughs> and oh, he's just thing. trying to get the last yeah, bit because he can't light it. No, no, but they are, no, they're they're special things. With oh, nicotine. are they really? Yeah, I just like, thought yeah. I thought he smokes them when he can, and when he's no, got no, the last like bit, he just things. sucks on it. Or something. But his system, you know, you need mm. if you think about what he had mm. at Napoli, he had two quick defenders at the back who could pass. You know, in a striker in Mertens and they had other strikers, Milik and people like that who can score goals. Yeah. You know, so you know, basically, with I'm a bit loath to judge him too much. Although yeah. you know, there are certain things like Alonso the other. The game against Fulham, um, Ian Holloway picked it up on commentary, <coughs> saying there's something wrong with Alonso. He's not right. We all knew it. We could see he's not. He's either fatigued or he's injured or something about him. He's mentally not happy or something. There's something about him. He's just not playing the way he normally plays. We don't know why, but there'll be a reason. So you can't play him against. Shouldn't have played him last night, and you can't play him against City. I mean Sterling. Sterling is. You not only have him on toast. It'd be like a bruschetta. <laughs> It'd be like, be tomato and mozzarella and oil. It's very cosmopolitan. Thank you very much. And so you're not expecting much from the Sydney no, no. game? I very much enjoyed the United game, though, which was uh, the mm. one that was on telly. I, yeah, it's um, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good. And I was thinking, Diogo Darlo. Yeah. Uh, D- Diogo is odd. It'd be much better if he swapped the A, the O with an A, then he'd be Diego Dolo, which is much more of a footballer's <laughs> name for me. Why don't you put that to him? Let's get Moose to do that in the mix zone one day. Wouldn't that be great? Diogo, can I ask you a question? Why aren't you called Diego? And why don't you just swap those two letters and put one in your surname? It's good, isn't it? I, I always enjoy the work of uh, Darren Fletcher and Steve McMahon. I think they're yeah. good together. But mm. at one point, though, Steve, he did correct himself, but he called Andre Marin. He called him Andre Marion Mariner. I thought, yeah, that's a better name, too. I like yeah. that. <laughs> Maybe he's known as Marion in the refereeing well, fraternity. That's I don't what you know. think, isn't it? So, but I, I am coming round mm. to admitting that actually Arsenal are, you know, Pretty, they are different under Unai Emery. You know, Unai Emery is the Gary Johnson of the Premier League. Mm. He's taken the same players and he's made them. Yeah. you know, pretty much. They were pretty much they were good players. I mean, I think they all. You yeah. always felt Aubameyang yeah. was a good player. Mm. He used to, you know, he used to terrorize Spurs and he played for Dortmund whenever we played him. He was he was one of the hottest strikers in the world. So, you know, they they're starting to get the best out. Yeah, of Yeah, he was a good buy. He cost seventy million. He should yeah. be. You notice though? I mean, I, I, I like BT's coverage. I've got nothing against it, but they've got one thing. If I could change one thing in <clears> sports <throat> broadcasting, what would it be? It'd be the manager's box. Yeah, I'm not a big oh, fan. They bring it up. They don't bring it up for ten seconds. They bring it up for yeah. uh, like at least a minute, and the ball always goes behind it. And you're going, what's the point? Yes, we know the managers are going through agonies. They're swearing. They're, they're jumping up and down. They're, they're, you know, we know what managers do. We don't need to see. You can have one. Quick shot, 10 seconds, yeah. that'll work. I don't get it. I don't get what the fetish is with this thing, but they love it, and they just leave it there, and it's it's really, really annoying. I just thought the managers had the self-awareness to know it was on them, and they started to do an elaborate mime. <laughs> like, like they were stuck in it. Maybe do a bit of Rob Brydon's impression. Good idea. Yeah. Uh, I thought um, Tyson Fury was great with uh, Des last night. Des is very good with people, and yeah. uh, he was amazingly charming. Did you see mm. the interview? Well, he can be. We know he's been an ear and done yeah, that. He, he just was really when he chooses to be. He's good he was company. just lovely. His language was good. His demeanour was nice. He's amazing. He's a real enigma, isn't he? Yeah. And finally, though, on the coverage as well, then uh, on Rocco's tackle on uh, Wendouzi, whether it was a yellow or red, he goes, yeah. uh, let's bring him Phil down. Yellow card, Phil? 
yeah, I'm in agreement with Maka, yellow card, nothing more. I was thinking, well, it could give us a bit more, Phil. (laughs) (laughs) Get off the fence. (laughs) The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Guessing the band behind that may have made more money from it with the Darts Association than <laughs> yeah. they did uh, <laughs> elsewhere. Very because so, yeah. it's all about darts, isn't it, that song? Uh, we're going to talk about darts now. It's a sport that's been covered amongst cycling and football and other sports by ITV's uh, Ned Bolting. He has written uh, Heart of Darkness. Uh, good afternoon, Ned. Good to hello, see you. Hello, hello. Nice to be back. What, Slightly what? less glamorous world than the world of cycling. Don't you believe that? That's, uh, <laughs> it's a different kind of glamour, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what, so what sort of drew you to, to writing this? Well, I mean, you just need to open the, uh, open the door to a darts venue and it's instantly mm. appealing, isn't it? Because, I mean, it's weird, isn't it? Because it, on the one hand, cycling is obviously my main gig and darts probably sits at the entire opposite end of the sporting spectrum. You couldn't get further away, could mm. you? Because, you know, cycling's played out over 200 kilometres and darts is seven foot nine and a quarter inch. You know, that, yeah. that's, that's kind of it. And the physiques are obviously kind of poles yeah, apart. Yeah, slightly different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the body fat It just levels. occurred to me coming over here, actually, because I'm so used to talking to you about cycling, mm. um, that there is, I think there's one genuine thing that binds those two passions of mine together. And the fact of the matter is we've all ridden the bike and we've all chucked a dart. It's true, yeah. Mm. It's accessible from that point of view, isn't and, it? And yeah, you yeah. really can't say that about many sports, can you? I mean, we no. haven't all javelined, have we? No, no. <laughs> or that's true. We haven't or hammered. Vaulted, but <laughs> we've been hammered, <laughs> yeah. but we've not hammered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's great. It's, um, it's just accessible, isn't it? It's a, people, it's a people's game, and it's a peculiarly British phenomenon, mm. isn't it? You know, it's, it's life it's... on the road with darts. It's partly that. It's partly a kind of, uh, a kind of a potted history yeah. of darts as well and uh, many of the great characters there was I didn't realize looking through the book as you went through the history of darts <laughs> there was a kind of Burt Whedon of darts wasn't there There's, what was his name uh, something Pike who was the guy that Jim Pike uh, Jim Pike yeah yeah uh, play the game darts with champion well, play, Jim playing a day well I don't know but I don't know if he was teaching you or but he would go off he was a bit of a star of the world of darts there's, wasn't he, at one there's some brilliant if you go onto the Pathé website on, yeah. um, on, online you know and you look up your Jim Pike there's some wonderful sort of crisply narrated bits about darts made in the, the late 1940s <laughs> 40s, you know, the object is to, to place the dart between the ring, you know, without going first through the lady's face. That's right. It, it's just brilliant. There but is it was, a, it's almost like knife throwing, isn't it? There? It's a woman with a face right next to the dartboard, Andy, and the wow, picture look there. Look. So, yeah, so it proves how but good it he was. was massive in the 40s. It just yeah. wasn't televised, you know. The, you know, Ali Pali was a venue, and Ali Pali's about to spring to life, isn't it, for the World Championships again in a week. Mm. Um, and it was a huge darting venue back in the day, in the, in the late 1940s. The tens of thousands used to attend. And uh, bear in mind, they couldn't see a thing. Because yeah. there was no, obviously no video relay and big screens and any of that. There was literally just a dartboard. And you were sitting in the Great Hall at Ali Pali on kind of an uncomfortable wooden chair at the back. Yeah. Loving the darts. Well, even in later years, even in the 70s, I mean, watching when we did fantasy football, we did, uh, it was an old Leighton Rees News of the World Championship in oh, about yeah. 1970 Brilliant. something. Brilliant. And you used to have coloured lights. Yes. So you could see there'd be a big board and the coloured lights would come on to tell you where they were in the board because you didn't know big screens but you know people are enjoying it it was a great atmosphere after in there. a couple of pints didn't really matter anyway no, did it exactly that's true <laughs> I've just looked up Jim Pike you wouldn't play darts like that now he's got like a double breasted suit they all did back in the day yeah. heavy woolen suit <coughs> was very smart. it's yeah. interesting that you you talk yeah. about the sketch the famous sketch oh, that, yeah. uh, by um, Smith and Jones the not 9 o'clock news sketch you know double brandy and all that yeah. but it had a really <laughs> kind of deep effect on the game all the players have said so haven't they it had uh, a huge effect on it I mean I 
it took me three years to write this book, and over the course of that, I read the pretty much. Well, you've just pointed out one book I haven't read actually, Wayne Mardles. It's very good. We recommend it. Other than that, I no. think I've read every book that's been written about darts, and without exception. Every single book references this sketch by Not the Nine O'Clock News, and he's going for a double. And you know, you remember yeah. they all drink themselves under Wayne, the table. Wayne talks and... a lot about drinking and the drinking culture yeah. of darts, and, yeah. and his own battles with not necessarily drink, but whether to play with a couple of glasses mm. or not have a couple mm. of glasses. Yeah. And, mm. You know, it's a, I mean, certainly a game that is played in the mind, darts, isn't it? Yeah, as, yeah, well, yeah. as well as the physical skill of it. A hundred percent. I mean, the physical skill is your entry. But, the, you know, to progress on from that, I think it's an entirely yeah. psychological game, you know. I so mean, the, alcohol, did... the alcohol does play a part, you know. And I think, mm. you know, for, for a couple of reasons. One is that's where the game was born, right? So how do you get good? You probably spend a lot of time in the pub. Although that's, that's changing actually quite rapidly with yeah. the new generation of players. But also, I think that genuinely it has a kind of um, performance-enhancing quality to a certain extent because it enables you to blank out, to a certain extent, the white noise and zone in on that muscle memory and that focus, you know. And I think that that's kind of why it's part of the game. As Just well. going back to that sketch, mm. it was the feeling that mm. some players mm. have said it, it was the worst thing that ever could have happened to darts. It was yeah. a terrible thing because yeah. they loved it the way it was. But I mean, generally, when they look at it now, it, it did, did it sort of ultimately sort of sanitise darts? Well, certainly from the players' point of view, not drinking at the hockey. Et well, you know, this is this is back in the day where the Embassy World Championship, the year I think mm. I've already referenced, was, mm. was on the BBC, and it was um, uh, of national importance, wasn't it? But towards the end of the 1980s, it had started to curdle somewhat and people were kind of moving beyond it and it was a bit infradig and you know people had kind of lost interest then came that sketch and I think the television executives kind of they lost their bottle with it at that point they thought actually this is an outdated dinosaur of a sport mm. we're gonna we're gonna drop it now and the BDO who were in charge of darts at that time you know they were incredibly nervous and they they they, they kind of made a mess of the whole thing and you could credit that one that was one of the moments that, that created this split between the BDO and what ultimately became mm. Barry Hearn's PDC, which yeah, is now yeah, this yeah. kind of like juggernaut, cash generating juggernaut that, of course, Phil Taylor had. So that hilarious, isn't it? One sketch by a couple of Oxbridge graduates who did, had no relationship mm. with the game actually played a pivotal moment in the, in the development of this it's sport. Amazing, the yeah. split's been good for the sport, though, hasn't it? I think uh, maybe, maybe not for the the ones left the BDO, behind, yeah. the BDO, but for Barry Hearn and for the World Championship. It's a special event now, isn't it? We look forward to it at this time of the year. Yeah, we do. I mean, the BDO's struggling a little bit and I've written about, you know, I don't want anyone to get the impression that this is just a, a, a homage to the PDC and the mm. thing it's become because I, you know, I spent quite a lot of time in the bosom of the BDO, which fulfilled is still there. Yeah, it's very much the grassroots organisation. You know, it's it's much more fostering of the women's game, for example. The standard, arguably, is a little bit lower, um, but it has a different vibe. And I think the two kind of coexist to some extent, mm. at least. You you also uh, sadly a couple of people in the book that uh, that we've lost. Uh, yeah, uh, Eric Bristow. And, and Jim Bowen, because yeah. you talk about the importance of bullseye. Oh, the yeah. fact they put sort of darts in, into the mainstream and in people's homes every well, Sunday evening had a big effect on the game, didn't it? Big effect on all of us, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it's all our collective childhood. Well, certainly mine, you know, mm. bullseye was like that. F- bullseye would come on the telly just at the moment you thought, I haven't done my homework. You know, yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. do, do, do my homework after that. I'll watch bullseye first. <laughs> and it was, I mean, it, you look at the ratings it got absolutely smashed out of the park programs like X Factor and Strictly you know this was enormous part of our cultural life presented by in Jim and you're right he sadly passed away Jim he wasn't in the best of health when I spent an afternoon with him but presented by a man who by his own admission was one of the most chaotic inept and fumbling presenters that British television had ever produced. <laughs> he was yeah. very funny about but it. But he's brilliant. You know, yeah. Jim could barely get a line out of autocue <clears> correctly. <throat> and, I, you know, I asked him about this. Some of this I thought would become urban myth, <clears> that, <throat> that thing about, you know, 
and you're unemployed, yeah. super smashing great and all that. And I <laughs> couldn't like, quite believe that had ever happened. But he confirmed to me, you know, he genuinely had... One brilliant story that he told me as well was the whole point of the game was was gambling, wasn't it? Gamble up, you know. Would you do you want to do you want to go for bully star prize and yeah. risk losing the, your, your cash that you've accrued to date? And they recorded this episode with a couple of Irish contestants, and they mm. said, you know, said, "You got your fifty quid. That's safe. But would yeah. you like to go for bully star prize?" And the lads went, "No, I mean, no we've had, had a great day, Jim. Jim. We've had a great day. Yeah, we'll take yeah, the fifty yeah, quid." Yeah. And they stopped recording, and Jim said. No, 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 listen, that's not how the game works. There has to be an end game. (laughs) That's not really how it works. So I'll tell you what, I'll give you the 50 quid, but now you just answer, you know, yeah, we'll gamble up. Camera started to roll again. So what are you going to do? You're going to go for the bully star prize? No, we're not, Jim. (laughs) 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 But it's an innocent age, you know. uh, Jim, that would be a forming, one night at the Football Writers, I think the the turn had not turned up or got caught in traffic and Jim was there as a guest and got up and tells that story. Yeah. It's a 40-minute story and it was genius. (laughs) It was uh, fantastic. I I saw Jim uh, in Edinburgh do a a gig, which was all about his time on Bullseye. It was great. Great The the, the director of that show, Andy and I, worked with him on on a pilot of a game show there's a guy called Peter Harris and yes. he, he quoted in this yeah, and we yeah. worked with Peter he was interesting fella yeah. and I love the kind of cruelty of it that um, he he was the one who had the contact in the speedboat business Peter yeah, and right, he yeah. said well we're going to get all these speedboats and then give them as prizes to blokes <laughs> from Blockswitch you know so <laughs> but then he says uh, what we've got to do with this kind of cruel twist that when they'd lost yeah. um, it, it was him said let's show them what they would have won and they said right. Knowing Peter, he would have, Peter Harris would have said, "Don't worry, love. I'll get in on their face. Yeah, I'll get tight, tight, nice tight on their shot. face. Exactly. Nice and tight <laughs> shot to see what they look like when they see what they would have won." It's fantastic. But, you know, that, I mean, the game show Bullseye sits entirely comfortably with the game of darts, doesn't it? Because it's just about—it's like any sport. Really. It's just about human emotion, isn't it? Mm. And I kind of—I try and answer in one of the chapters of the book: "Is it a sport?" Because that's the thing that always gets you know asked about darts. Mm. And I love the fact that. Darts, um, it, its own regulations <laughs> forbid the wearing of athletic footwear, right? So if you, yeah. if you turn up in any kind of sport-related footwear, you have to change into a pair of kind of like school shoes. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, so so you know, <clears throat> people, people wonder and fret about whether or not it's a sport. Um, I don't think it matters a jot, and mm. nor does darts really care. I mean, darts has lobbied to become an Olympic sport, and it's part of UK sport, slightly hilariously now. But... It is a sport, but who gets, you know, ultimately these kind of like narrow definitions of human activity, which is what darts is, where do they lead us, you know? Yeah. Because you, you guys fill hours and hours of airtime here on talk sport. You're not, in many ways, you're not actually talking about the sport, are you? You're, per se, mm. you're talking about human foibles, weakness, yeah, glories, vanities. It's, about, yeah. it's just about life, isn't sure, it? Sure. And it's all on the same spec. Why do we have to define things as one or t'other? Darts is darts is darts, just like potatoes are potatoes. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's just what about it's, uh, a cycling version of Bullseye presented by you? <laughs> oh, now that, you're talking. I mean, that's well, two, you guys, <laughs> or me, that's two blokes. Well, you know, the, what, like a, the non-cyclist and the cyclist yeah, on, so on, on tour, Evans so and yeah, somebody else. Yeah, right, on the tour, that would be fantastic. I, I've I've been lobbying to get a darts cycling duathlon going. Right, where yeah. you have two teams, <laughs> right? a, a team of a team genuinely on the track, then a London mm. velodrome. You have a team of four cyclists mm-hmm. against a team of four darters. Yeah, right. Each one by one, it's a relay. So one by one, they go off, and they've got to do a lap of the velodrome. Right, then they've got to go into the middle and throw a 
20, <laughs> right? And then yeah. crack on. So you get a brilliant oscillation, wouldn't you? The, the, the cyclist would be inept beyond belief at yeah. hitting a 20, wouldn't it? In the meantime, you've got the data going around the track. Well, you, may, go, you may be onto hey, something. I think, I think the so. good people at ITV are listening. And uh, Eric Kai's a bit of a theme running through the book, isn't he? I mean, because most people you kind of talk to, yeah. it's like, well, you want to talk to Eric about this. And a lot of it goes through Eric. And he's, he is kind of, he sort of straddles the, 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 the two eras, doesn't he, really? Yeah. He was darts. Yeah. Eric, Eric, with Eric's advent, you know, in the late 1970s, that exploded it into the, into, you know, prior to that, it had still been a, a kind of a game that had been locked away in the snug a little bit. Mm. But with Eric's charisma, his kind of malevolent charisma, I have to say, he was a frightening character on and off the screen. Um, I think he just burst into the mainstream and he dragged the game with him, you know. And, and without Eric, then I don't think the whole PDC revolution in the 1990s with Phil Taylor would ever have happened either. I think Bristow was the one who kicked the door down into, <coughs> into Taylor the was his protege, wasn't he? And Taylor was his yeah. protege, exactly right. And that's so, an amazing story. Isn't it? Just, you're right about that, isn't it? The idea that he kind of moves up to Stoke and the potteries and opens a pub and, yeah. it's, it's, and then kind of finds this guy who's pretty good and then... Taylor does the same thing, doesn't he? They all, they kind of take another young player under their wing, and that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the way that's the way it often worked. They used to sp- split their winnings and all that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to, Taylor is a direct result of, of Bristow, you know, yeah. in many ways. But yeah, I was writing the book, and I shy away from meeting face to face with Eric. I mean, you know, you bear in mind how his career kind of he, he pulled the pin on his own career with yeah. his injudicious remarks, which I don't think we need to go into now, mm-hmm. but because they were pretty distasteful at the time. And, and, you know, he disappeared by the time I was writing this book into the shadows, really. And he was a difficult guy to access. He closed himself off to a certain extent from the world. Um, I do, towards the end of the book, have an encounter with him and an exchange of, of views that is quite surprising, actually, mm. right at the end. Um, but it was shortly after, li- literally a matter of weeks after I finished writing the book, that um, we got news of him passing away. Yeah. So it was, a, it was an extraordinary turn of events. Well, me. we wish you well with the book. Thanks Ned. very much, guys. Yeah, it's, mm, uh, nice it's, it's a fun <laughs> subject. I mean, it's good, A, it's coming out at Christmas because mm. people buy books at Christmas, and yes. B, of course, the World Championships yes. just about the Who's going to win? You got, well, a, you got a view? Have you got a view? No, I well, don't know enough about it, but Van Gerwen will be right up there as usual. You would think, wouldn't you? Have you got a favourite? Have you got, have you got a little bit of a sneaky bit of value for us then? Yeah, look out for Gary Anderson, I think. If, you think he, if, he's, if he's got mm. over Fartgate. Uh, or, oh, yeah. You know, that, you know, that, was, that, was, that was hilarious. If only you'd had time to write about that, <laughs> no, you never know really, would have believed yeah, it. Exactly. Fantastic. So <laughs> right, uh, Heart of Darkness is available now. Blink Publishing are the publishers. And, uh, yeah, pick up a copy. Good to see you. Thanks for coming. Cheers, guys. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. I love to laugh <laughs> loud and long and clear. <laughs> I love to laugh. <laughs> it's getting worse every year. Yes, now, over the years, we were just uh, chatting uh, yeah. yesterday and we think we've had some great laughs, people with great laughs uh, mm. on the show, haven't we? Oh, we have, yeah. Or on the station, generally. Yeah. And we often think, you know, it comes down, you know, we've just been here about the 100 best women footballers. We all mm. love a poll, don't we? Oh, we love a poll. We all love to come up with the, the order, the top mm. 10, the top five, or whatever. We yeah. all want to know. Who's the best? So uh, we've decided to do that with laughs, and we, we've decided to let you vote uh, this afternoon. Um, and we're going to kick you off with the first of the trademark laughs you've probably heard on TalkSport over the years. It is the former Manchester United and Aston Villa goalkeeper, a regular on breakfast, of course, Mark Bosnich. <laughs> it's, a, it's what they used to call yeah. a dirty laugh. I quite like it. It's like a sort of panto dame <laughs> laugh, isn't it? It's fantastic. It's Danny LaRue-like. Yes, for it one has for the got a bit of LaRue-ish. She's in it once more just so you can get familiar. Yeah, here, yeah, we go, go it's, here we go. Here we go. On Mother Kelly's doorstep. See what I mean? Yeah, it is, yeah. Number two is basically almost, uh, it's, it's not an impression of a famous laugh. It's just the way this person laughs, which happens to be just like Peter Griffin from Family Guy. And mm. he's our old mate from ESPN. It is indeed Matt Scott. Have a listen to this. <laughs> that was a thriller. <laughs> there we That's are. Good, yeah. Just once more so you can get familiar with this. Hear that again. It's uh, Matt Scott as Peter Griffin, but not meaning to be. <laughs> that was a thriller. <laughs> we recorded that after the fourth goal against Tottenham. I think, yeah, I think he was doing that. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, while we're talking to Panto, maybe that's why it kicked it off this week, because uh, we, we started to think about Claudio Ranieri's laugh from back mm. in the day. This was at an old Chelsea press conference. And again, if uh, if we've got Mark Bosnich playing one of the ugly sisters in this Panto, <laughs> Claudio's playing the villain. Listen oh, to this laugh. Yeah! <laughs> Here we are once more. Yeah! <laughs> it's very good, isn't it? It is a good laugh, isn't it? So that was number three. Yeah. Now we move on to uh, Bob Bubka. Uh, oh, Bob yeah, Bubka, a golf, uh, golf. You know, he's a, he's a jovial chap, Bob, but you don't mm. often hear a kind of proper old laugh no. from him. But uh, this is when you do, this is what it's like. LAUGHTER <laughs> <laughs> It's, a, <laughs> it's quite good. It's a slow it? burner, it and then it, it just sort of tapers away. Let's hear it once more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. He's almost barking by the end of it. Yeah. Uh, now we've noticed um, Motti has been uh, kind of often impersonated. Yeah. But no one's ever done his laugh before, have they? And he has got a bit he's, of a trademark laugh as old Motti, yeah. hasn't he? So uh, here he is. As long as it's Loftus Cheek. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. It's yeah. not bad. It's, it's just a kind of an old school sitting in the front row of a sitcom laugh, isn't Maybe it? I can get more laughs like that just for saying the words Loftus Cheek. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, most people are slightly, that tu- easy. slightly tougher <laughs> audience. Just say some other, just say Hudson and Doyle being fit. And I see a Motti again. As long as it's Loftus Cheek. <laughs> 
There we are. There so that was yeah. Motti. And finally, uh, it's the, probably the most uh, famous. Uh, this is the worst. It is the worst. I mean, you, so you I've get, seen the people. The effect this has yeah. on people. They they grimace. So and when you go on, when you go on tour with Moose, it is Moose, of course. You go on tour with Moose, and you're all in. You know, we were in this very nice restaurant, weren't we? In uh, in Moscow, it's very kind mm. of nice place. All a big gang of us having a nice sort of <laughs> yeah. meal amongst uh, the kind of. Uh, the, the people of Russia, and uh, and then suddenly you hear this. <laughs> so there you go. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, that's so, not even as bad. No, it, it, normally it's really, really high it, yeah, pitched. It can clear, and, it can clear, and it always gets. It's guaranteed to get a dirty look from everybody else in the room. Yeah. that doesn't know what's coming. Let's hear it again. <laughs> so there you go, like a yeah, chimpanzee. True, yeah. So, um, what's the best one uh, of those? Is it? Uh, Mark Bosnich with his uh, Panto Dame. Is it Matt Scott uh, as uh, Peter Griffin? Is it Claudio's uh, Panto Villain? Is it Bob Bubka's Slow Burner that tails off? Is it, I don't know what Motti says, how do you describe it? It's, I, I say, front row of the sitcom. Yeah. Uh, it's a cackle. That's exactly a what cackle. it is. Good it's a good word. Cackle, uh, says the producer. And the moose, which is part chimpanzee, basically. You can vote at TSHNJ. Just a bit of fun, no prizes. T-S-H-A-N-D-J. We will find out definitively before four o'clock what is the best laugh that we've ever had uh, here on the show. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon. It's uh, Paul Hawksby. Andy Jacobs is outside. I'm guessing at the moment, moaning about Chelsea to Adrian Durham and not realising the show has uh, restarted. But he'll suddenly hear me talking and think, blimey, we're back on and sort of saunter in in about 30. Blimey, this is late even for him. I mean, the producer might be chasing him up. Anyway, what's coming up this afternoon? Uh, Dave Kitson joins us, uh, former Reading. So, yeah, thanks for popping in. You were moaning about Chelsea outside with Adrian, weren't you? Yep. Yeah, I told you. I could have won money. Well, Jason, actually. Oh, Jason. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. You've got a, a captain. Basically, there. We, we need uh, two new fullbacks, centre-half and a striker. Okay. Well, uh, don't, bring your trouble, don't bring your troubles uh, to our door. What was I wanted to start? Oh, yes. this was Because remember we had that story about the uh, Chinese uh, marathon, half marathon, where 238 yeah. people... Something like that would disqualify. 250 runners, yeah. yeah they, they took shortcuts yeah. and they hired stand-ins to complete a half marathon, yeah. <laughs> well, here's another one. This player, you should have taken part in that race. Perry Newburn, 64, lied about running New Zealand's length in record time. Later admitting, admitting he was driven for parts of the run. Really? <laughs> That's great, isn't it? I could beat Mo Farah if I got a lift around the London Marathon. That's like our old mate Lord Bunbury when he used to uh, oh, yeah. the That's right. Surrey and Botham's walks, wouldn't he? He would get a cab most of the way, wouldn't he? And, <laughs> until Beefy caught him out, saw the cigar smoke <laughs> in the back of a taxi. It's good, We should it? thank Lord Bunbury for his Christmas card. Thank you very much, David, for very, that. Very, very nice. The uh, Looking at the court circular, yep. the, uh, the Duchess of Cornwall mm. uh, viewed the... Uh, Munnings, the Alfred Munnings exhibition. Wow. I just wondered if it was held at a Munnings warehouse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. For Australian uh, cricket, cricket fans. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what is the Alfred Munnings Award, Andy? Do you look into it or no, not? No, it's just Alfred Munnings was a famous... It's not an award, it was an exhibition. Oh, an exhibition. Okay. Not an award. Enough, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what the Alfred Munnings Award is. Now, uh, Neymar, um, yeah. he has said that uh, he feels to be seen as a truly great player. Hmm. He needs to play in the Premier League, which probably will come to a surprise uh, to people like Pele and uh, yeah. Diego Maradona <laughs> and Neymar, none of which played in the Premier League. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I was just thinking, I mean, I, I, th- I think he's looking at the long game. 
But why can't Neil Warnock get in there for January? What, Neymar? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. But the, the problem with Neymar playing in, in Britain or in England is you, you'd only go to one club and they don't really need strengthening at the moment, do they? Who's that? Which one? Oh, Man City. Who else could afford Neymar? <laughs> no, no, I'm no, only kidding. No one. That's yeah, it. that's it. will be the club. They don't want Neymar. It'd be great if Joe Lewis said to Daniel Levy, I'll tell you what, you know, all these years of me not really investing yeah, in I've the I've got club. more money than City. I just choose not to spend <laughs> <Yes>. it. Yes. <laughs> I spend it much like the people of Blockswich on speedboats. So, um, it, but instead of buying a new boat this year, Joe says, I'll spend it all on the team. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. It's good, isn't it? It's not going to happen. Now, um, I've finally given up trying to do Sean Dyche. I just give up. I can't get the voice at all. It's quite a difficult one to crack, isn't it? But we've discovered after hearing this clip of Sean that our producer can actually do him. And so. It's not bad. It's it's better when he's had a drink, like most of his impressions. Well, that's true. Yeah. So. Most of his work, to be honest. Yeah. The. Sean Dyche the other day had a bit of a fallout with Moose. That was kind of good humour, but Moose. So that was unacceptable, uh, the performance. Uh, and in the midst of it, he said, well, you say it's unacceptable. I don't accept that. But he didn't blame him for saying it, it was unacceptable because, as uh, Sean pointed out. That's your job, by the way. That's your job, by the way. That's your job, by the way. Now, yours is getting too high. It's up there. It's not John Major. Okay. <laughs> you're up there. Yeah. Let's hear it again, because if you're going to get Sean right, yeah. because it's not I've an easy up. impression. Yeah, let's, let's try it once more. That's your job, by the way. That's your job, by the way. That's your job, by the way. It's a bit like Butch from the Sooty Show. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Corbett. What's going on here then, Sue? It's a bit like that, isn't it? Now, get the producer in for a second, because he thinks... But it's yeah. going to become one of those... I mean, if that mm. was Sean Dyche's catchphrase, <laughs> if that was a sort of T-shirt or mug in the Burnley Club shop that said, that's your job, by the way, but it's not really. Mm. All you're capable of saying, John, uh, our producer, good afternoon, is that Hi. phrase as John Hi. has he's said. Put, he's put, put on his radio voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi. So go on, then let's hear it once more and then well, let's not, hear your not attempt. Not to put too much science behind it, but the key to it is in the Northamptonshire accent. Ah, oh, OK. Is that what you've been Kettering. studying? You've spent, you've been, you've spent <laughs> so, a couple yeah, of months yeah. in Kettering perfecting <laughs> this. I've been on a sabbatical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So let, let's hear it first and then hear yeah, your okay. attempt with that little Kettering oh, burr. It's a lot of pressure, John. I am Kettering burr. Should we hear it again? Here we go. That's your job, by the way. That's your job, by the way. Oh, it's not bad. <laughs> That's your job, by the way. By the way. Yeah. By the way. Now, you, <laughs> now you're getting, you sound a bit camp now, Andy. So, okay. No um, change there. You go local in the by the, by the way. Is that, oh, yeah. you've got to get a bit, a bit, a bit of... A bit sort of nor, almost Norfolk. Really? But yeah. again, this is over-sciencing. Is that, is, that the, impression. is that the key? Yeah. Okay. But if you'd like to have a go yourself, if I know talks, you're dying If to. all you've got to do is come on as Sean Dyche and say... <laughs> That's your job, by the way. Um, by the way. Uh, by, by the way. By um, the way. No, stop it now. Um, 087-172-3344. Why, you know, you should be allowed to have a go if you, you think you've cracked. Maybe Sean will call in. I've just seen him on the telly doing a press conference. Let's see if the moose can do him. Imagine, we've never heard the moose as an impression. I don't think the moose has think, ever done it. We I should ask the moose if you, you know can what? do anybody. Something tells me it'll be truly terrible. I can't imagine the moose does any. Everybody does some impersonations. I wonder who. Even a basic one. Even like a, Tommy a, Cooper Tom, or something. Yeah. I don't back him to be able to even do that. <laughs> I mean, I could I be wrong. Me. He might be brilliant. He might be like so just Mike give us Yarwood. One, just uh, give us one more. But I'd say, can we get Gary Johnson back on the show? Because. Uh, that's your job, by the way. That's your job, by the way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's good. All Thank right, then. 08717 If you think you've cracked it, you've no, one, no one will ring up. No, no who, who can blame them? They've got better things to do than say, that's your job, by the way, as Sean Dyche, haven't they? Do Surely. You, do you remember the time? Do you, you, you've heard of Buzz Aldrin, of course you have. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, you might not. You might not be inter- interested yeah, in moon landings. Have you heard of Buzz Aldrin? <laughs> <Yeah>. Really? <laughs> well, I don't know. You, yeah, yeah. he's a plumber. I know Buzz. <laughs> Buzz Aldrin. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, do you remember he once famously knocked somebody out who thought that the moon landing was a conspiracy? Guy used to follow him around. Yeah. yeah constantly follow him around, uh, saying, swear on this Bible you went to the moon. So uh, one day, Buzz, despite yeah. being in his sort of 70s, put one on him. Well, I'd love him to do the same thing to Nick Knowles. <laughs> For no other reason, I'd love him to do it. But yeah. no, because yesterday he claimed that the USA faked the 69 moon landing. Yeah. But he, this was his theory, Knowles. He said... Uh, Knowles. Yeah. yeah. You'd have to build a spacecraft out of lead to protect the astronauts. When they discovered they couldn't, the only way was to fake it. It's very scientific. That's a, that's a typical view of today, isn't it? Really backed by science. Well, um, I think he was put in his place, wasn't he, uh, by uh, one of the other people in the jungle. I don't know, I never watched yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it was Anne, Anne, wasn't Higgins, it? yeah. Anne said, well, I think if they'd faked it, the Russians would have told us. Yes, And considering there was this great space race going on, I think, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's probably right. Uh, but maybe when Nick comes out the jungle, mm. after he's had a chat with uh, Holly and uh, with uh, Deck, he, Buzz Aldrin might be there in Australia. He's probably got on a flight now. The last thing you'll see when he's drinking his glass of champagne is Buzz, despite being about 80 now. I'd pay a lot of money for that. Sticking one on him. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Just before we chat to uh, Dave Kitts and a couple of TalkSport listeners uh, really feel they've cracked the Sean Dyche impression. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's not easy. John's in Liverpool. Hi, John. Hi, John. That's your job, by the way. Oh, not bad. That's a bit more Phil Mitchell, yeah, I quite think, like John. That. I mean, I'm, I'm giving it's that... Got, it's got a bit, a bit like that. I'm giving that seven, by the way. That's your job, by the way. No, it's uh, a bit more Phil Mitchell. It's that was, quite John. menacing, actually, yeah, John. Don't want no trouble. <laughs> there we are. Thank you, John. Uh, Sean, let's try Sean, who's uh, in uh, Watford. It uh, can't be them, the Sean. I think he's been on the telly. Hello, Sean. Hello, hello, guys. Hello, Paul and Andy. I, yeah, I am Sean. It's spelled a different way, S-H-A-U-N. Take it away, then. I'm a Watford fan. Um, I can do a good Frank Bruno and all, but we'll go back to Sean Dice. Go on, then. Right, ready? Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's your job, by the way. <laughs> bit more, Cooper. Bit more, <laughs> the first part was completely your own voice. Bit more and the Louis last Armstrong. part was something. <laughs> Louis, Louis Armstrong. But well done, Sean. Thank good you, Sean. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, Andy. Before, yes, would you like Jonathan. to attempt a, a Sean Dice impression? <laughs> you have to say, uh, no. that's, your, that's your job, by the way. Do you want to give it a try? That's your job, by the way. No, oh, not sound, bad. You know, it sounds a bit like... Um, Try that when you do one with Jeff Stelling on Saturday. Like, sound like Fagan. <laughs> so, Jonathan... It's 1-0, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I dare you to do <laughs> that. It's a goal for Colchester, by the way. So, Mark, um, good afternoon. Uh, uh, give it to us. Go for it. Hi, lads. Uh, love the show. Great show, as always. You are great reporters, but that's your job, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It got a bit, yeah. got a bit pirate, didn't it? It was only three out of five on the marking system. Well, there's, a, there's an unofficial marking system, which is on the unofficial marking mm. system. We have, we we move, uh, we stay in Liverpool, yes. but this time with Alan and Alan, we scored a tremendous. You, you've five been out talked, of five. you've been talked up by our by our production team. So, uh, Alan, we understand that, that you've you've absolutely knocked it out of the park. So, take it away. But I'm a pressure now, I suppose. <laughs> oh, yes. That's my job, by the way. Oh, not bad. That's, that's not bad. Let's hear it once more. But that's my job, by the way. Oh, yeah, yes. that is good. That that's could be Sean. Good. On it in the old compressed bandwidth of a mobile phone, <laughs> you could phone me up and say, stop taking me out of my voice. And I'd think, oh, blind me, but yeah, I'm really upset. upset Sean. Sean Dice now after the moose. 
The king of the Sean Dyche impersonators was uh, Alan, the Liverpool fan. Here he is. But that's my job, by the way. That's impressive. That could have been Sean. Well done, uh, Alan. Thanks for everybody who entered. And likewise, thanks for everybody who voted for the best laugh ever on TalkSport. A surprising winner, Bob Bubka. <laughs> You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. There we are. Uh, that's... Uh, that's the show this afternoon. Thank you very much. And uh, quite a lot of people have already said they've been walking around going, that's your job, by the way. That's your so job. We, we hope you'll be doing that as well. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to be taking that into the evening, end. Well, I think I will. I'm sure the wife will find it very ro- romantic, <laughs> yeah. as I say to her. <laughs> she, she might ask you to keep, uh, keep doing it. What a thought. Anyway, <laughs> oh, we'll leave it there. We'll leave you that wonderful mental image. And we'll see you tomorrow for the Clips of the Week <laughs> and lots more besides. Thanks for downloading us. But that's my job, by the way. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.